Welcome in to another edition of the Tevin Keg Podcast, episode 471. Mitch on the other side of Zoom. Producer Lil not in the building. Uh, she We had an incident with her earlier today, and we handled that. Um, and yeah, hanging out. Uh, we got a great show. We're excited for this one. We're going to talk about why, in terms of rivalries, the Cardinals are like the Packers. I think you guys will enjoy. We're also going to talk about preseason football reps, the ultimate damned if you do, damned if you don't choice in sports. And then lastly, will Lambo ever get naming rights uh, as, in homage to the Cincinnati Bengals finally getting naming rights on their stadium? Uh, the Packers are a few of the surviving that have not got it done before we get started. But my guy, Mitch, what's happening? Mitch Ross MK on the Twitter and the Instagram. What's going on? Uh, I, I know. I wish I had something very profound, or you know, uh, I don't know. Just another normal week. Yeah. Um, N- nothing wrong with that, man. You know, it, it's uh, we're in the middle of summer. Summer's starting to uh, to close down. Um, I turning the ripe age of thirty four on uh, Monday, and so I always look at my birthday as kind of like the summer starts to close out. Like I always will have friends who aren't able to make it, which is totally fine. Like I, as a kid, I've dealt with it like, because everybody's up at the lake, like everybody's doing their last sort of hurrah before everything gets going. Um, you saw it today, the crowd at AmFam wasn't that great. And yeah, probably because you had, well, you had state fair going on number one, but B you have, you have fall sports started. So less and less kids are, are available to uh, go to the ball game with mom and dad. So yeah, it's uh and the weather's, you know, calmed itself down a little bit. So yeah, every all, well, all good. Nothing wrong. And with chances that. are, and chances are, mom and dad are at work for a one, one o'clock Wednesday game. Yeah, yeah, most likely. Um, you know, so <laughs> thirty thousand is not bad for a one o'clock Wednesday game. Oh, is it thirty thousand? It did not look. So there were certain. That's a bad. That's a bad job that by Valley then, because it did not look like thirty thousand. Uh, at, at certain parts of uh of the stadium, so that's that's more a bad job by Bally than anything else. Now that's a good crowd; they draw well on the on the day games. I think, you know, my my dad has a season ticket package through the day games, and I think it's perfect for like retirees. Like he he likes to tell you he's not retired; he just picks he works when he wants to. Um, but my mom is retired, so they I mean he likes going to the those one o'clock games, and they split those tickets with another couple. And yeah, I, I think if I was retired, that'd be ultimate, like middle of the week, just go catch a baseball game would be nice. Yeah, I'm trying to verify that figure, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said on the radio. Euchre could have been just bullshitting too. So, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, yeah, Euchre was talking about going to the moon yesterday. So I, or, so I don't, you know, you never know what that guy, but let me see. I pulled it up. We had 30,000. You're right. 30,000. Yeah. So that's great. Brewers won second straight win. Vibes are higher, um, maybe than they were uh, after Sunday. A, brewer, a lot of good energy, I guess. These last two games, pitching has been really solid. Um, you've had, you know, some moments, right? You had the Ty- Tyron Taylor catch on Tuesday night. You then have the Adamas walk off, as well as the Roddy Telez, uh game tying home run in this one, and the defense also was stellar um, in in that 10th inning as well. Like yeah. it's so I feel like things are feeling good. And now the big bad Cardinals are, you're staring them down uh, this weekend in St. Louis. And it's a big rivalry and it's, you know, it's one of those rivalries that it kind of ebbs and flows. I don't think it's an every year thing. I think that's kind of part of baseball, right? You're never going to get the same rival year in, year out. Um, even Yankees, Red Sox, there are years where the Red Sox are awesome. And there are years where the Yankees are really good. Grant's struggling after the break, but they're they're much better than their foes, the Red Sox, who play this weekend. And but usually it's one side or the other. And usually, you know, the good side, not necessarily the good side, but the side that seems to always come out on top, you know, is one and then there's the other. Cardinals right now kind of have that for the Brewers. The Brewers have never really been able to topple the Cardinals, if you will. When it comes to head to heads, they've lost two playoff series to that, or one playoff series, not two. Um, and they they've lost the division uh, back in 2019 uh, to the Cardinals, where they 
likely win that with Yelich, but you know, that's only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. And so the Cardinals have kind of always came out on top. And I was thinking about this and I was like, I was going to do this thing like Harry, the most annoying rival, but it's not necessarily that they're most annoying rival. They're how like the Vikings fans, the Bears fans, the Lions fans feel about the Green Bay Packers and how we like kind of carry with our chest pumped out and, you know, we get to laugh at the Lions, we get to laugh at the Vikings, the Bears. That's what the fucking Cardinals and their fans do to us. And we're just kind of sitting here and we're like, well, maybe, maybe this will be the year that we'll kind of top, we'll top the oligarchy. So I leave that to you about, you know, the rivalry and, and what it means and kind of how it's taken shape in the last, you know, five to 10 years. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you said. It's all, you laid it out pretty well. I guess the only thing I was thinking about as you were talking is like, I don't know, like, like we had a couple the Brewers, I should say, had a couple moments in St. Louis over the last few years yeah, that, were, that were big. I mean, not, not playoff, you know, not, we didn't, we haven't necessarily slayed that dragon in the playoff, but like you had, um, it must've been 2018. Yeah. They clinched right? in 2018. When they right? clinched, clinched yep. in front of their fans and, um, that was when a Rosa Reina slipped going around, uh, third, yeah. right. And yeah. then he got traded in the off season, I think, right. um, to Tampa. And, you know, he's gone on to have a pretty decent career with Tampa, but, um, he was basically a nobody at that time. And, uh, I mean, that was one, uh, Ryan Braun, I think was probably the following season at a, at a big grand slam, I think in like September, I don't that know was... if that. No, you know what? That was uh, what year was that? You, I know that I think was I think that was 2018. Here, I'm gonna pull it up. I think that was 2018. I do remember the celebration. The celebration, gosh, did that take place? That was that. That wasn't last year, was it? Where they well, celebrated? No, that definitely wasn't. That was no. not last year. I mean, but that would like. I mean, I understand it's hard to remember because the years all blend together, and then you throw a, a pandemic bit. in. Which, yeah, yeah, like, the pandemic, man. The pandemic's the part of this where it just fucks everything up. Where it's well, like, it just it basically stopped everyone's life for and it's, <laughs> it's like for a year or more. Right. And I mean, it it it's kind of everything is based on. Everything in time is based off whether it's before the pandemic or after. I mean, I'm, I'm not even joking. Yeah, so, no, you're right. Um, it, it's hard to remember exactly when, but I'm pretty sure those were two different seasons. You're um, right. No, you are. And, and, and I don't even remember what that was, but I remember that being a big deal. I think I think that got them – that must have got them into the wild card or something like yes. that. I don't know. It, or it set them up very nicely for it. it. It might not have been, like, the most – the final – you know, win, but it was, it was right there. It was like that final series of the season. It was, and, 2000, uh, so it was 2019. Um, so it was the year after so they clinched against the right. Cardinals. They clinched against the Cardinals in the middle of the week. Cause then they had to play the Tigers over the weekend to, and they came back to tie, to tie the Cubs. Cause they came back and they win that series. The Brewers finished that year. Uh, they had won seven straight games. I mean, they went on a crazy tear to finish that year. And that was kind of the inception of Craig Tember. Uh, and yeah, the Brewers clinch. And then 2019 was the Braun Grand Slam. The thing I remember about the Braun Grand Slam is, uh, you know, Craig Kishon was calling that game. And that was, that was tough. Um, to have Craig Kishon calling that one was of all the people. But yeah, the Brewers had had the Yelich injury a couple week, a couple days prior. And then they get that Grand Slam and they move to three games back of the Cardinals. Now, unfortunately, they never they never got all the way back with the Cardinals. There were areas of opportunities to get swept by the Colorado Rockies to finish off that year, while the Cardinals were able to win a couple against the Cubs. And they lost. They had two walk off losses too, by the way, and that was brutal. And so, yes, yeah, so yeah. you're right. There have been moments. So, so there have been moments, but overall, I mean, you know, the Vikings have had moments against the Packers and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but have never really, I guess, been able to fully shut the shut the Packer fans up, and nope. um, and you know, nor have we really been able to fully. And, and you know, it's because St. Louis always has a bite at the apple. I mean, they're they're always, uh, they're yeah, always there right is, there. And and, no. and, and it, it's it's been over the last five years that the Brewers have had some 
Um, you know, I've made the playoffs every year. You know, I would argue a couple of them, you know, don't really. Oh, yeah, the Mickey Mouse. Count, I mean, but, yeah, yeah, 2020's um, Mickey Mouse. I mean, we 2020 doesn't count. 2019, he lost a wild card when he should have won. But, I mean, I don't know. And then, you know, of course, last year was a, was a complete failure. And then 2018 was, you know, probably the year and, uh, you know, wasn't meant to be. Um, so we'll see what happens this year. But, I, I, you know, it, it's, it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, we haven't been able to, to overcome the Cardinals. And the Cubs have become – have basically dropped out of the race um, last year and this year. And, you know, um, that's fine. I, I think I think we probably did probably more overcome the Cubs little oh, rivalry with the game one sixty three that people forget ended the Cubs dynasty and yes. their supposed dynasty and yeah. so we we always have that and I think that really got that really pissed Cubs fans off finally. Oh so yeah, like, I mean now, I, we don't necessarily have that with the Cardinals. Now that the dust has settled, it's like yeah, we ended we ended it all for them, and so to kind of juxtapose that like if the Brewers and Cardinals were to meet in a playoff series and the Brewers end the careers of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, <laughs> that's a and huge, Albert. that's a huge step in the right direction, right? Even if it's just a wild card series, it's a three game series, like that's still there. Cause like, even with the success uh, discounting to 2020, like in 2011, we were 11 and eight against the Cardinals, so not a not a bad record, but you know above 500. 2020, 2019, we were nine and ten against the Cardinals, and then last year, even though the Cardinals you know fired their manager, everything else, we were eight and eleven against that team. So like Dave still had a stranglehold. Now this year we're tied going into it, which is wild given the fact that there is no game 163 anymore. And the Cardinals also, conveniently, thanks, Manfred, get the final six games of the year against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So it's like, there's a lot really? of insane. Do, yeah. do they have all doubleheaders or something to end the yeah. year? Yeah, they, oh, uh, there's a bunch of doubleheaders. But it's the fact they have six against the Pirates is just disgusting. And baseball should be embarrassed. Like, that, to me, is like, it, it could directly impact it not only our race, but it could impact the wild card. It could, you know, it's just, it's not like, I don't understand how the, the pirates and Cardinals play all fucking year and you can't find other opportunities for these two teams to play. I just, I don't get it. Well, but I mean, that, is that, is that some sort of advantage? They have to, they have to play three double headers straight to end the year. Uh, I mean, is it, is it three double headers straight to end the year? Well, I, I, well, you just said, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Here, I have no, clue. I'll, I'll, I'll go pull it up. I'll go. I will. I will go pull it up for you, Mitch. Um, you know, as see, we need like a stat guy. We need like a third person in here that's just pulling stats for us. You know, because it's. I know it's six straight. I, I do know that. But let me let me see here. Okay, so here's how it goes. This is wild. So Friday, so Friday through Sunday, they will play Pittsburgh in St. Louis after two in Milwaukee, um, and then to finish off the year. They have three in Pittsburgh. So basically it's a home and home. So no double headers. It's just a home and home. Wow. But. Well, now, yeah, but, I mean, now you're talking, then I would say that the league definitely, I mean, that's weird to have, well, to have that to of, end the year. Part of it is the lock is, was the lockout. So those okay. three games at the end are the lockout. So those were so one, those all, all makeup games. Okay. But, that makes sense. Right. But right before that, those games, they have to play the Brewers for two in Miller Park, the 27th and 28th. They have three in Los Angeles and three in San Diego. So you go Padres, Dodgers, Brewers and before you get that Pittsburgh vacation. It's not not an easy way to end your season. Let's just put it that way. And yeah. those, those, are, those will be playoff games. And hopefully it'll be well attended and everything like that. But yeah, they, the Brewers have an opportunity to, I think, right the ship with their fans too this weekend. Like, I think if the Brewers were to win two out of three, I think a lot of people would feel a little bit differently than they did, let's say, middle of last week. Do you agree with that? Or do you think, like, there will still be, like, those who are like, well, you got eight games against the Dodgers, or seven against the Dodgers, 
coming up. So let's just temper expectations. Or where where do you think? I mean, where do you think the fans yeah. will be be coming coming after if they go two out of three, or even if they get a sweep, which I think is unrealistic. You can't really expect that. But and I I think I think they would get a little more sucked in. But I mean, I don't think the Brewers are winning more than two against the Dodgers. I mean. Dodgers are the best team in baseball, so I'm oh. terrified of that, of that stretch. Listen, so, listen. I mean, the Dodgers right now have have only lost five games since the since July first. Um, yeah. If I the Brewers if the Brewers go three and four, I get one. Like I will be at, like full boner. Like that's a huge accomplishment just for being a little bit under five hundred. Like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, I mean, like. Like right, even right now, it's like all right. You beat Tampa. You beat Tampa twice. Like kind of for me. Like okay, we'll be. I mean, a yeah, couple Tampa, of close games. Look, I mean, Tampa. Tampa. Tam- has Tampa's kind of they're in, they're in the same boat as the Brewers. They're they're you know a low lower payroll type you know fly by night type of team where it's like we're just gonna smoke and mirrors it. Kind of kind of the same same philosophy and you know okay we we got we have their number this year. I mean. um yeah, I mean, winning the winning the series against St. Louis, I I will be, you know, look, I haven't I haven't stopped watching games. I mean, but you know, you you win you win the series in St. Louis, I I will be mildly impressed. Um, but again, I mean, the Dodgers loom large, and it's, it's yeah. you know, and, and I I don't know, it's not necessarily going to make me feel any better about their long term outlook, even if they well. If they swept the Dodgers, yeah, I'd be completely probably back in. Yeah, you're but, back in. I mean, I mean if, well, if they would, if they go three, if they go, if they win three out of four against the Dodgers at home, I think you're back in. You know, yeah. I think. And it's I all about it, how they look. I mean, it's like, right. it's, I mean, if, you know, you take a win against the Dodgers any way you can get it. I mean, when that, that's what scares me about the Dodgers is that, like, they have bums like Trace Thompson, I mean, basically performing at an all star level the last month. Right. And, I mean, I, part of it is I think it's just infectious, right? Like, I think you see well, yeah. everybody succeeding and you're like, all right, well, why can't this be us? Like, why can't, why can't we do, why can't we do the exact same things? And I think that's part well, of it. It, it, it. Like, like your boy Josh Hader said, I mean, when you come into a situation where they're trying to win championships, it's, it's infectious. Yeah. I mean, I mean Hader. Of, yeah. Hater. Hey, that was such. He's, he's he's right though, Charlie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To, I, I don't want to really get into it, but he's he's correct. Well, and, I mean, all all I'll say about that comment is, if Josh Hader felt that way, Josh Hader should have spoke up. Josh Hader, Josh Hader is a big enough voice, a big enough personality to sit down with Adam McAlvey, to sit down with any you who at the Journal Sentinel and tell that story. Go talk to Will Salmon of the Athletic. Now it doesn't work there, but like. Talk to somebody about that. If that's how you feel, if you feel like the Brewers aren't doing enough to get to a World Series, then put that out there. Then say it. Say it with your fucking chest. Don't say it in fucking San Diego. That I did a whole TikTok rant on that. I went viral. That was my first little viral TikTok. But not really viral, but viral for me. Like, I look, that's how I feel. And it's like, well, Josh might have said it. Well, he didn't say it in public. And public matters. Look what happened when Aaron Rodgers said it in public. And I realized you're like, Rogers isn't a hater, but he has he has stature. It's fucking reliever of the year. The guy won MVP for his his part of baseball, so he has that stature. That's that to me. That was just a chicken shit comment from Josh, and that's I think we'll disagree on that, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I I hear all that. I hear all that, but um, yeah, I mean, again, who would you rather play for? Uh. Yeah, I mean, team, look, a team that's going all the way in, or a team that just traded probably their second or third best player in the yeah, middle of a fucking kind of race. Of course, and and, and now now we got to go out and act like you know everything's great. I mean, but here's the thing, Mitch. Last night they didn't have Devin Williams. Devin Williams not available. He needed another day off. If that was Josh Hader out there, we would have probably had to see Gustav or Trevor Kelly or somebody else in that situation. Because we have the deeper bullpen, we were able to get away with what we had with Holby Milner, you know, as well as uh, Foxberger and then Williams, right? Or not, I'm sorry, Matt Bush. I mean, Matt Bush. So, like, this idea that, like, even though the Brewers have lost Josh Hader, yes, it was a loss. Yes, the trade wasn't great. 
the fact of the matter is they do have a deeper bullpen. As much as Brewer fans don't well, want to hear that, they, they have could a have had bullpen. it either way. I mean, no, they, they, they could have. Wait, wait. So it if they yeah if they would have traded for Matt Bush, sure, but they wouldn't have Taylor Rogers, and maybe I don't know. Maybe the Matt Bush trade doesn't happen if they don't. The Hater trade does happen. I don't know. And I'm not I'm not in David Stern's back pocket, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. But I'm just saying, like, there was like there is no. It wasn't like they traded Hater for three major league relievers. I mean, I'm just saying that, like, it you know, you know, no. I don't but know. our our bullpen our bullpen has a little more depth than it did two weeks ago. Um, we don't we're not watching Yandel Gustav fucking correct. You know, but my my up. point is the Hater the Hater trade doesn't. I'm not finding the connection to the extra depth and the, the hater connection trade. Is, I mean, it, the connection is having Matt Bush, having Taylor Do they have Rogers. more money? They, they have more money to play with? And, I mean, and, it, and the idea is they can they can maneuver. They don't have to stick to this 8-9 bullshit. They can... Yeah, and see, uh, why is that other, bullshit, though? But they because they can, they can mess around with what they need to do. I'm not... Look. I, I understand how you feel. Like I, I don't like the messing we, around. I don't. I don't like the fucking messing around. That's okay. like that. That's like that's like you have. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I mean, if you have if you have four different guys, you're going to use. But but if you're not pitching those two guys, and you're only pitching those two guys when you're you're leading games, that that becomes problematic. And it it become it makes it. And that was a decision. Whether it's Craig Council, whether it's David Stearns. I think they should have used Devin Williams in more games where you're down one run and you just need to protect that one run. But they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to use Josh Hader. Now you can use guys like Matt Bush. You can use guys like Taylor Rogers. Maybe, yes, Devin Williams is saved for save situations. But other than that, like those guys are being yeah. used. You know what I mean? That's more what I mean, I'm trying like, to say. I do agree that, yes, that I think Hader made them, made them make him a ninth inning guy. Yes, I've I've been for years. I mean, that's there was like there was no reason for him to become a closer in the first place. He was just fine with what it with you know he was very successful with what he was doing. I think that the financial ramifications of not having any saves next to your next to your name on your baseball card yes. um, was certainly an issue. And I think there's a lot that happened. I think behind the with Hater and. You know, maybe that's part of the reason I gave him away. That it just, it was like I'm not. I'm guessing he wasn't, you know, a malcontent, but it just was like, you know, do we really want to go to this arbitration meeting with this guy, who's going to have, you know, 40 saves probably, um, and now we have to badmouth him, and after as we've done the last five years, you know, um, yeah. Hey, just, look, just, let's I, get look rid I, of him. I, I hear you, but. Also, too, he had three walks in his first save opportunity with San Diego. Not saying that's going to be every time, but if Josh Hader was pitching Tuesday night for the Brewers, we would have lost that game. And he can't seem to find a strike zone. And I don't know. Maybe it's just nerves. Maybe he'll settle in and it'll be all good. But I don't know. That was that was interesting to say the least. That's all I'll say. Not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna gloat about it. Not gonna. Do an end zone dance on it, but I, all I'm saying is it's interesting. And well, we didn't even, and conversely, we didn't even, I mean, and we didn't even Matt, get to see hate. We didn't even get to see Hater in the bright lights against the Dodgers because the Padres got fucking owned by them all weekend. And the Padres, well, the Dodgers are the Padres' daddy. Like they spanked them. So yeah, I was gonna say conversely, Matt Bush looked really good on Tuesday night. That was pretty much the first time that happened. Right. So, I mean. I mean yeah, as I as I told Let's everybody, down like, a little. I don't know, but as I told everybody last week, I said the whole pro the whole thing with last week against the Pirates was everybody was trying to basically show their manager that they could replace Josh Hader. They all just needed to fucking relax, and guess what? They all fucking relaxed and they pitched pretty well. Besides Boxberger in the eighth inning, uh, yesterday or today, yesterday, yeah. Uh, where he loaded the bases, like I saw, Bally was like, "Oh, these guys are lights out." I'm like, "This one back, Boxberger lights out." Like I, to me, Boxberger was like my least trusted Brewer. Hobie Miller is close. Um, oh. Hobie Premier, I know he was good today, but he's. I felt like the regression train was kind of pulling in the station with Hobie, but uh, Premier on. Oh yeah, so he's good. he's not good. 
he's yeah. not good. He, he's getting he's getting away with it this year, but I mean, he's like Suter, not another light throwing lefty that. Yeah, little Suterish. You know. You're right. Yeah, no, I mean, he'll give thing- up. He'll he'll somehow get guys out, then he'll give up 480 foot. Home, um, yeah, because he because he throws an 87 mile an hour fastball right down the middle right. on the first pitch to a right. six seven no. shortstop. No doubt about it. I mean, yeah, no, Brett Suter, I don't understand why Brett Suter hasn't been DFA'd. Um, it's been a long time coming. I think it's just he's, he has that Casey McGee um, factor where he's so Is good the with case, the media. He, he probably has even a Brett Phillips. I, I Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Brett Phillips is the next generation of Casey McGee. It's like, you know, Animorphs. Did you read Animorphs as a kid? Not really. I mean, I don't I know. I don't so think set so. it up. Okay. So basically what it was was it's a book series, like young adult book series where like teenagers would turn into animals. And yeah. so basically we started with Casey McGee, went into Brett Phillips, and now we've evolved to Brett Suter. I mean, that's pretty much Pokemon. But uh Yeah, Pokemon um, also also works. Yes. He's Brett I would Suter say, is though, the that, Charizard. Like, Casey McGee was actually legitimately good for like Two years though. Yeah, he had, he had, he had. I he, mean, yeah. But the spin zone to keep Casey McGee the the last year that he was there was, uh, I mean, that was a masterclass in the media, sure. um, because he was a great guy. So always spoke to the media. Everyone loved him. And then Phillips, I didn't really get that time to shine because we traded him with and the Mustakas deal, um, that people were sad about, but. I mean, I think they won that with Musakis being a contributor for the 2018 season and as well as the 19 season. And then, uh, and now with Sooner, it's like, I think there would be a lot of disappointed fans, but I think you, you should understand it. Like I, I have zero idea what they're doing with Adrian Hauser. Like Hauser has pitched twice now in Nashville, which was similar to Freddie. And yep. they're like, well, we're going to keep him down there. So mm-hmm. here's my, Here's my theory on it is I and I'll let me hear what you think about this. So Aaron Ashby's pitching Sunday. So they're actually bumping Aaron Ashby back. Uh Burns is gonna go on Saturday against Wainwright. Um, but it'll be Ashby and Nicholas on Sunday afternoon. I think they're giving Ashby one more start. And if Ashby isn't good in that start, then Hauser Hauser's gonna get that role. Cause I think Ashby, while I think there's the potential. He gets way yeah. too he gets way too caught up. Like he get he, one thing goes wrong, he's like, oh fuck. And like it all goes to shit. Versus being like, okay, that sucks. I gave up a double, or Mike Rousseau misplayed a ball ball, but like it's it's gonna be all right. Like I'm gonna live. And I think the Brewers like look at it and say, We'd rather have Ashby in the bullpen than Hauser. I don't know if I agree with that because I didn't think Hauser Hauser's mental capacity isn't great. What do you think of that theory that I presented? On top of all that, like, I don't know if you can let Ashby go out there and what is he doing? Two and ten, yeah. And it's not, I mean, do you want him to go out there and get shit pumped again? And, yeah, I mean, he's going to keep doing this where he's, where he finishes the year, you know, I don't know, three and 13, three and 14 or something. Like, yeah. No, I mean, probably, maybe at some maybe at some point you try something different. It's hard to believe he has that many losses. Probably got probably got a couple in the bullpen. Right. Yeah. Um, win loss. And win loss. Re- win loss records in baseball. I mean, they mattered in the nineties, but they don't. They don't anymore. Um, you know, sometimes it's just they're bad luck, right? Like some of those losses are definitely on Ashby, but you know, the well, last the last two game or the last game the cold or two games ago the cold long thing was. He makes a bad error and then it all spirals. And I, there have been multiple, you know, situations. And Ashby's like, I gotta get better with my prep after the game against Cincinnati. And it's like, well, is that on Chris Hook? Is that on Craig Council to make sure like that you're ready to go? Or Jim Henderson, the bullpen coach, like, is that on one of those guys to make sure that you're fucking ready to roll here? And that if you're not prepped, then what what can we do to help that out? You know what I mean? So you don't think that Ashby gives a shit that he's two and ten? No, I'm. I mean, oh, I'm. I no, 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 no. Not Ashby. Ashby himself probably does. I'm more saying the outside world. I'm saying the fans. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think I every. Like, I, I think every non-boomer fan understands that win-loss records don't matter in baseball. I mean, two and ten is two and ten, though. 
that's fair. I I, I would uh, I would great. like I personally would like to see Hauser out of the bullpen. I think he actually is pretty good in the bullpen, but um, you know, I I know how the Brewers work, and I I know it'll be Hauser first in the, in the rotation and Ashby in the bullpen, and that'll be how it goes. So we'll see. We'll see what, how it all transpires. We'll see what goes down. So, yeah, the series matchups, before we move on, we've went far too long here, but we have uh, Eric Lauer versus Jordan Montgomery on Friday. Uh, we have Corbin Burns, Adam Wainwright on Saturday. And then we have Ashby and Miles Nicholas on Sunday. So Brewers sending two lefties, which makes me very nervous because the Cardinals eat lefties for breakfast. So if you could steal that Lauer game, that would be lovely. And then you need Corbin Burns to be Big Dick Burns. Not to say that he isn't, but that's where you need your ace. And you got to jump on Wainwright early. And they've been doing a good job of that recently. I think they've, they've actually had some success against Wainwright. But he is pretty good at home. So hopefully hopefully that can continue. I'm going to be optimistic and say they get two out of three against the Cardinals. And we're feeling good heading into uh, Dodgers week. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. Whatever, two out of three. I mean, that's. I think that's realistic. But yes, I think the burn start is very important. I think that he needs to bounce back. I feel like he's been, you know, very, I guess, shaky. You know, is the term for, for by his standards. Yeah. Left, you know, couple starts, and you know now it's it's go time. So yeah, um, he's. Well, he's had like one, he's had like one bad thing happen to him in the last like three starts, right? Like he had that ninth hitter catcher hit a home run off him. It was just bad pitch, right? And that was the only mistake he made all game long. Gave up two hits. One of them happened to be a home run, and it was a game where the Brewers couldn't do anything offensively. Pittsburgh, it was the uh, O'Neill Cruz play. Minnesota, it was the one inning. Uh, where Minnesota got like three runs off him, but other than that, he struck out eleven batters. So it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, he's not at the best second half, but you're right. It needs to be needs to be big dick time. So we'll see if that happens. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers, uh, they have a preseason game on Friday. Um, there will be guys playing. There will be guys not playing. It was noted that the first team offensive line will be playing, which is interesting. Aaron Rodgers not playing. Aaron Rodgers also came out and said, if I'm going to play in preseason, I don't want to play one series. I think that's useless. Mm -hmm. I need to play multiple. And the more I thought about it, because this gets this topic is a recycled topic for local radio every August. And it really, to me, is the biggest, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. Because if you play these guys, and they look good, and it's like, okay, all road leads to Glendale, but maybe one or two key guys gets hurt. Everybody's going to be killing you. Be like, why the fuck did you play these guys? And then if you don't play them, it's like, all right, we'll come out game one and we'll get our asses handed to us. And it's like, well, we should have played more in the preseason. So like, I, I don't know. Is there, is there any way to compromise this with fans or is it an absolute lost cause? <laughs> it probably is a lost cause. I mean, it, it like, for, for the situation the Packers are in, like preseason probably matters less to to them than it does the Jaguars or the yeah. Lions. I mean, one of these teams that's, you know, young and doesn't have a lot of expectations anyway, the Jets, I mean, basically the shitty teams can, you know, probably get away with you know, playing their guys and having, you know, the, but like if you're, if you're a Super Bowl contender, you have a quarterback that's a first bad hall, first ballot hall of famer, probably doesn't need a ton of time. I mean, I heard Rogers comments, comments as well about the preseason. And I think it makes sense what he's saying. Um, and, and I think I was the one who said, well, you know, maybe, maybe get him one series, you know, just to, just to wet the beak, but it kind you know, it makes sense. It's like, what the fuck is the point of that? I mean, you might as well, you know, but I think, I think like, like I said, you know, in numerous podcasts, I mean, it has to be, it has to be more than zero snaps. I think um, I just, you know, I, I, I mean, right. You can't win, but I think you can, 
you can do something to avoid laying an egg in week one. And maybe, maybe they won't play, you know, Rogers and namely won't play in the preseason and he comes out week one and he's just fine up at us bank stadium. But you know, last year was, <laughs> I mean, hilarious. What happened? Oh yeah. One. And, and, I, and mean, I, and I, and I wonder how much the that... game, the game itself was a joke. And then the reaction was, was priceless. Oh, so. totally. I mean, it was all ships were burning. I think that was before the hater trade. Like that was the thing that where I, you just saw all the vitriol, all the pitchforks, and then they came out kind of flat against the Lions in the first first half of the uh, Monday night game, and it was like, holy shit, are we really doing this again? And then well, they, I mean, it's, you know, it, they it's it, it's one of those things where it's like the fans are waiting for it, and then it happens, and it's it's just blood in the water. Just right. I mean, you're right. Just like the haters, where it's like, you know, last year it was, well, you know, okay. We're not playing anyone a single snap in preseason, anyone of substance. We have a new defensive coordinator who is, oh, yeah. is dog shit right. in, in, in his in his career leading up to it, and it just confirmed everything. So it was like just like with the hater trade, where it's like, are we really serious about winning a World Series? Oh, I guess not. And then it's like, bam, it's just it's a total tidal wave. And yeah. it, you're right, it was it was the same exact thing yeah. where. It was Hellfire oh, Brimstone, it, man. Like it, it, everybody it confirms, it confirms everything for the fans. They just, no, no, yeah, yeah. It takes Rogers, a little while to get over it. Yeah, Rogers is done. leaving. Like it's like pack it in. Like they're not ready to win a Super Bowl, and it's like, oh, they're in the NFC. They're in the NFC. They're the best team in the NFC. When it's all said and done, unfortunately, they you know obviously laid an egg then again, and then the Hellfire Brimstone came back. Um, but I, I think at that point it wasn't even. There was almost like this expected, you know, like, okay, here we go. Like, this is, you know, every January, get our heart stepped on. But, you know, I, I've said this before, but it's like, I'd rather get my heart stepped on in January than be a fucking Jaguars fan and basically be out of the running, I don't know, October, um, you know, maybe <laughs> November if I'm lucky. Like, I don't know. I like watching meaningful sports. So it's... It's tough. Yeah. I think you're going to see some guys play. I think you'll see more guys probably play throughout the three weeks than, than you did, um, you know, last year. I think the joint practices against the Saints help, right? I know LaFleur had said that that's going to kind of be a deterrent on how we will see with Rodgers. Um, and maybe they work something out. Maybe, you know, LaFleur's like, hey, if you play in that last game, like we'll get you a couple of vet days. Like we'll get you some kind of relaxing days to, you know, kind of take it easy and, you know, not necessarily have you have to play if you, if you, you know, play this, but if not, like, yeah, it's, I think I'm, I'm going to be okay. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, I don't know how I'd feel if the entire defense didn't play or like, I think the other guy would probably be okay. Not playing as Jair Alexander, even though he didn't play a lot last year. He's just an injury-prone guy, and I don't want to take that risk. Um, I, I'm trying to think of other dudes I would not want playing. I think Sammy Watkins is another one where it's like Sammy Watkins gets hurt hurt all the time. Like, yeah, let's uh, let's well, he, limit. Dude, he might not even make the team. Uh, so that was interesting. You bring it's interesting you bring that up because I've heard a lot of that, and then it seemed like Lafleur was talking to Watkins. One of the guys Lafleur was talking to, and if you put kind of put two and two together, it seemed like the guys that would probably not be playing this weekend. And Watkins was one of them. I'll pull it up from Andy Herman. And so Schneidman and Domofsky basically took that as he's going to make the team. So he's like, so this was the meeting that was with LaFleur and the vets that would be off Friday night. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, Sammy Watkins, Devondre Campbell, Eric Stokes, Dean Lowry, Jaron Reed, Mercedes Lewis, Adrian Amos, Jerry Alexander, Randall Cobb, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard. That's, I mean, that's basically all your best players. And I mean, but again, I'm looking at all those guys. I'm like, do I want any of those guys to get hurt in preseason? Absolutely not. So I don't know. I'm okay with it. I just think just as long as they're, you know, they're preparing and they're focused. And they're not thinking about other shit. And I think that will come in focus because it's a division rival week one. 
I think that helps. I doubt you'll get displaced. You'll have to play in like fucking Fargo Dome or something like that. Like it's very unlikely you're going to get displaced like you did with New Orleans last year. And then number three, it's you know a new de- a new offense for Minnesota and the Rams offense at that, which Packers have done very well against. That Joe Barry knows very well uh, against the Packer defense that will likely have their hair on fire. And and maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to do too much uh, with that, you know, pros. So I I feel okay about it. I'm not I'm not too worried, but it's a no win situation with the fans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it it is, you know, any any preseason stuff, you know, NBA especially as well. I mean, NFL and NBA preseasons are are basically a joke at this point. And, you know, especially in the NBA where one person is so important. And, I mean, if something would happen to Giannis or something or Rodgers in a preseason game, it's like, I mean, <laughs> that would be hellfire and brimstone. Totally. I mean, if, if specifically, you know, the most important people to basically walk, walk, the, walk the earth in this state, I mean – some like baseball is different because spring training is so long, and I mean, obviously, well, yeah. you're gonna want to get you and, know, but and you bring up Giannis, like that's the worry right now with him playing with Greece, right? Like, yeah. he, I mean, he only played 20 minutes in an exhibition game, but I, you know, I said it on yesterday's pod, but it's like, okay, I understand that worry, but like, he's not the only one, it's not like Giannis and everyone else is taking it off, like, Jokic is playing for Serbia, Doncic is playing for Slovenia. Like, it's not like Giannis is the only one playing in this Euro. Basically, what is the Euro for for basketball? Yeah, all, these interna- all, all these international guys are playing. So, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't necessarily be mad at Giannis for wanting to play when his counterparts are, are playing. Like, if it was just Giannis, yeah, maybe I'd be a little more concerned and a little more like, ah, not great. But I I feel a little bit better about it, you know, with that. And I'm sure the Bucks have given Team Greece like marching orders in their in their own way. And I think Josh Oppenheimer's there, right? Is that right? I could, I, that could be. I have no idea. I think I saw that that Oppenheimer is is there with with Giannis. So I I think hmm. I think the Bucks have it under control. Let's just put it that way. I don't think the Bucks told Giannis like, hey, do it, play 40 minutes a game for Team Greece. So. Yeah, right. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he has to. I mean, no. look, look, look at how dominant he is in the NBA. Oh, with, Christ. At 32, 32 minutes a game or whatever it is. Like, he could play. I don't, I don't know what are they playing, four 10 minute quarters or something. I don't I know think, what they play in here. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, he could, he could play 20 minutes every game and probably not even break a sweat and score 30 or 40 points. Right. Against, against a, you know, uh, uh, I, who would be an example of a shitty European? I mean, Spain's all right. I, I know they they kind of whooped that ass. Uh, yeah. Game. Cro- would you? I put Croatia there, right? I'm looking at who they have in the Euro basket here. So they have so the Euro basket that's coming up. They play Croatia uh, Labor Day weekend. They play Italy, Great Britain, uh, Ukraine, uh, Estonia. Those are those are the matchups so far uh, for Eurobasket. I gotta get myself familiarized with Eurobasket because, and also if like it, there's ability to watch it, but I I definitely am excited for it. So it's, it starts on September first and goes till September the eighteenth. So there's a real chance that Giannis could be playing hoops, pretty much well, all all of that. I can't imagine Ukraine's real good. No, uh. no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Croatia probably has at least one NBA player. Yeah. Maybe not though. I don't. I don't know. Croatia, I thought used to have guys, but I don't know. I don't know if they still do. Oh, um, Zubac. Zubac. Okay. Zubac. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, and and Dragon Bender. Okay. Dragon uh, Bender. Bojan Bogdanovic. Former Buck. People forget. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you imagine Giannis playing against Ukraine? Yeah. Right now, right now. Okay. So the worst team in, in they, I have a power rankings here. Um, since we're going deep now on Eurobasket, um, the worst team is Netherlands. Um, Netherlands is the worst. 
Estonia, Bulgaria, Bulgaria, Hungary, and Great Britain are your uh, are your bottom five. However, I will say Giannis uh, takes these games pretty seriously because yeah. do, you re- do you remember when he got in Bruno Caboclo's face? Oh, yeah. No. Like, something. Look, yeah. Yeah. Look, someone pisses off Giannis and he ends up in the league. That guy's getting dunked on. Like, that's. I don't that's, remember what happened, but like Giannis either dunked on him or something and he like. He, I think got he might have dunked on him. Yeah. And, and then he dunked and, on him in Memphis. Yeah. And everybody was like, what the fuck was he so pissed about? And then like. Obviously, it comes out on Twitter or something later in the game or whatever it was that, you know, Bruno did something to him like the summer before at the Olympics or something. And he didn't forget, you know, it was like, wow, yeah, love it. Love the passion. So, yeah, so we we the top teams we have are Slovenia. So on the other side with Slovenia is number one with Luka and Dragic. France number two, no Wembenyama playing. That's disappointing. The fact that we have no Wembenyama is kind of a bummer. Um, seeing Big Vic against Giannis would have been like must see TV, but that's we'll have to wait a year. Then Greece, then Serbia, then Lithuania. Lithuania big inside with Jonas and Demo- and uh, Sabonis. That's that's a big that's a big boy. That's a big front line. Yeah, I'm looking at Greece's roster. It's like, I mean, it's the four. It's, a, it's it's yeah, it's the four Antikumpos. Yeah, it's them and Nick Kalathis and I think uh, Georgios Papianis. Yeah, and there was the other guy who played for the Rockets for a little bit. Um, I, I don't. Maybe he's not on the roster. Oh, Kostas Papa Nikolaou. Oh yeah. Guy. Oh yeah, Kost. Who could forget? Who could forget the uh, what was your favorite coach this Papa Nikola memory? He played for the Rockets like six years ago. That's what I got for you. <laughs> I know, I'm fucking with you. All right, but we did we, we did way too. I don't we, think we, it matters. We, we did way too much on Euro basketball. That I mean, it was good. I liked it. I mean, now we should be known as Wisconsin's number one Euro basket podcast. We probably could find somebody. Who fucking lives in Milwaukee now? That that played for one of these in one of these countries. Oh man, lockdown me... bucks is locked up. Lockdown bucks has done a, done a few podcasts now recently oh, about know. about yeah. the Greek national team. Yeah, I mean you got to keep pumping out content. You know those niche. That's why you don't go niche, man. You you just you run out of shit. But anyways, um, moving on to naming rights to Lambeau Field. Um, and Packers are one of the two that are left. It's them and the Bears. Um, the Bengals made Paul Brown Stadium now Paycom Stadium, Paycon, whatever. It's not Paycom, it's Paycon, Cron, whatever. It's whatever it is. They're do- basically, they're doing it so they can pay Joe Burrow. That's exactly what why this is happening. Bengals know they need to pay Joe Burrow. Bengals, notoriously cheap franchise. They have to get Joe Burrow paid. Um, and this is how they're going to do it, which I, I totally get. Um, and when will Lambos come up? And you kind of mentioned it to me, and I I will give you the floor. Um, I have some thoughts, but I will uh, give the, I will give the floor to you. I mean, I just think it's gonna happen eventually. Uh, I don't really. I just think that it's inevitable. Um, you know, the Packers make print money hand over fist. No question. What was what were their numbers from this last year? Five hundred seventy nine million in revenue or something like it was like an all time uh, revenue year for them. And I get it, but I think that at some point and in some fashion, I I, I don't think Lambeau Field is going away, but it's it's going to be, you know, Lambeau Field at um, Associated Bank. Park or stadium or you know or something like that. Associated That's Bank where... presents Lambeau Field or something like something along yeah, those well, lines. That, that, yeah, that doesn't really necessarily work. Okay. But I mean, yeah, it's yeah. going to be you know it's not a it's not a TV show, um, but it, it'll be something like that probably to start. Like look at look at Arrowhead. Arrowhead is now Geha Field or whatever at Arrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately. It's called Lambeau Field. You're not going to change that at all. Um, it'd be easier if it was like Lambeau Stadium because then you could just give it a, a naming right to the field 
right. kind of toss it in there. Nobody right. is kind of forgettable. Um, like like nobody's walking around calling it Gihas Field or whatever at right. you know, like it's 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 still Arrowhead Stadium, in my opinion. Um, but you see quite a bit of that in the NFL. I feel like the NFL and its teams, um, they like money, and it's it's just it's going to happen inevitably. I I think it'll be. Uh, I I think I think you're right about maybe down the road at some point. I don't know when it's going to happen, but you know, it's basically, going to happen. Basically, at some point it will. And I so how I feel about this is I guess I just don't know. I don't. I know that Lambo cares about their PR maybe more than any team in football. Um, definitely Wisconsin. You know, the Packers do things a little bit differently. They don't toe the line. They they kind of understand that everybody's a Packer fan. Um, whether you're a progressive or you're far right, you're a Packer fan. Now, this has nothing to do with political, but I think this is what I mean by image. They don't try to offend anybody. And I think there'll be a lot of people that would be offended, that would, wouldn't get it. You know, they saw what happened with the Miller Park fiasco. Now, granted, that was not the Brewers' fault. Fact of the matter is, is that Miller Park or Miller Coors did not want to have naming rights anymore. They did not want to be in the sponsorship game. I know that for a fact. Like, I've talked to people about this. So, an American family field, American family wanted to make a huge splash and they continued to. And so, yeah, could they be presented with a situation where American family wants to put hand over fist and say, hey, we really want our name on Lambeau Field? And we want to be, you know, as you said, Lambeau Field presented by American Family or I mean, Lambeau Field presented by Harley Davidson. Harley doesn't have that much money, um, honestly. Or Kimberly Clark, right? Uh, Lambeau Field by, uh, by Kimberly Clark or, you know, something, whatever that may be. I don't think Mark Murphy will attach his legacy to this. Um, Mark Murphy is going to retire at age 75. That's kind of the rule, which I, I never knew that rule existed until he brought it up. And so that'll be three years from now. The next person, whether that's man or woman, um, when they take over, I think that decision will fall to them and they will make that decision. I do not think Mark Murphy, he's already has a legacy of the title town and kind of being more self-interested and less about, you know, more about the money, shall we say, than other chairmen uh, that the Packers have had. I, I don't think he wants this on his legacy. And maybe that's looking too far into it, but I just, yeah, I, I don't see it in the next couple of years. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that, that it, it, it will get pushed as far as possible. Um, I guess we'd have to wait and see who the, who the, the next um, chairman or whatever you call it. Um, yeah. CEO who, who that is and their, their vibe. I do think Mark Murphy is a little bit uh, g golly to uh, yeah. type of guy to you know um, make a make a move like that. I don't know. I mean, well, part of, I, me, I, part of me while you were talking was like, do you think it's that big of a deal? I, I think mean, it is. Yeah, I think it's it's very it's at this point it's it's how it's kind of hollow ground, man. It's kind of like I mean, I I understand that, and like that's why they will never ever take Lambo Field out of it. But like, but like Mitch, like Fenway Park is Fenway Park. Fenway hasn't changed. And I think Fenway was a company of some sort, but it's always been Fenway Park. Even though the Red Sox have, you know, drained every ounce of money out of the stadium and around it, it's still Fenway Park. Mm -hmm. Even though Wrigley is part of the Wrigley family and Wrigley Gum, it's been Wrigley Field. And the Ricketts, again, same thing. have done everything around it, but that name has stayed. Even though that Yankee Stadium got rebuilt, it's still a Yankee Stadium. It's not it is New Yankee Stadium. A lot of people call it New Yankee Stadium. Say it's a museum, not a fucking stadium, um, is what some of the reviews I've heard from people. But it's still a Yankee Stadium. So yeah, I, I do think it matters. Yeah. I, yeah, I just do. I, I think I think it's it really is an important thing, and there are certain places where it's just a no go, and that to me, Dodger Stadium, another one, right? Like how much well, money I mean, is in LA? Baseball. I mean, 
yeah. half of baseball is, is yeah still... baseball baseball is a little more hollow ground i i will i will concede that that football is less and the other thing too is like the bears bears are gonna get that new stadium in arlington heights and that's that whoever gets those naming rights highest bidder that's not gonna just be called soldier field at arlington heights no fucking way right. there's no way so that because it's not soldier field right it's it's a brand new stadium and it's it's gonna host a ton of things, and you know it's gonna suck that three out of the four teams in the NFC North are gonna be in domes. But I understand it because guess what? The Bears are gonna have a Super Bowl. The Bears are gonna have a Final Four. Like it's they're gonna get big events because of what they have, you know, with having a roof. So it sucks, but I get it. Unfortunately, yeah. And that'll that'll never never happen in Green Bay, right? I don't think not. No, it's too small. Um, it's just too small of a place. Like Mark Murphy still wants to have the draft here and thinks he's going to get the draft. And I feel like the NFL is just lying to Mark Murphy. I feel I that part. I feel bad for Mark Murphy. I don't usually feel bad for Mark Murphy, but I feel like you know it's kind of like straight what, stringing him along. Oh, totally. Like he's in he's the friend, friend zone friend so zone. hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like Mark Murphy thinks this is the time. I'm finally going to get to beat some cheeks, and no, not <laughs> happening. Not happening, Mark. Just not. So, yeah, I, I, I do. I feel I do. I don't think it's gonna happen unless it's some sort of multi approach and it's Lambo mixed with like Lambo plus using you know the Summerfest grounds or some bullshit. I've we've talked about this before, but it's I just don't know if you can keep it all in Green Bay. I just don't think Green Bay is big enough for it. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. So. There's. I'm just looking at baseball stadiums. I mean, they're all. Well, there's a couple. There's like a half a there's maybe less than I thought that are Yeah. Well Kaufman Stadium Kaufman Stadium, I believe, is still named after Yeah. Like the the original owner maybe of the Royals. Yeah, that place is and kind you, of I've heard that place is it's not bad, but I've heard it's kind of dumpy. Um not surprising. Angel Stadium, like Angel, I think. Angel Stadium. Yeah. Uh you've got Dodger Fenway Park is probably some defunct company from Said that that went that went out of business eighty years ago. Right. Um, what else? National Park. I don't think they've ever had naming rights. Yeah, that's interesting um, that they haven't had one. Oriole Oriole Park at Camden Yards is is not naming righted. No. Um, let's see here. Rogers Center definitely is. Yep. Wrigley Yankee. There you go. I mean that's yeah. That's so about ten. Orioles, uh, Orioles might make the playoffs here. You might just, you should just hop on the Orioles bandwagon, Mitch. If you know, if you're gonna be bummed out about the Brewers, I think the Orioles are your, should be your team. Yeah, well, I doubt it, but they're, I mean, they're tied yeah. for, they're tied for a playoff spot. They got their game rained out today, but they're, they're tied for a playoff, playoff spot. Well, good for, good for them. Yeah, well, they're, the fans they're have been through, you know, but they're doing it the right way. So, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, they also, I mean, they're another ownership group that people can't stand. Like, they hate Peter Angelos. Like, he's notoriously cheap, but they have, yeah, they have a lot of young talent. They've, uh, they figured it out and they were able to basically say, all right, we can trade some guys and still be good and we think we're going to be all right. I think it also speaks to just how much of a joke the AL is and just not that really that good. I mean, the Brewers have dominated the American League. They're now, what, 11-3 and three against the American League this year? It's pretty damn good. So, Who, so, yeah, Baltimore traded Trey Mancini, and that dude was always getting traded. This, I mean, there was yeah. a – that was yeah. off the board that he was getting traded this season. They also traded Jorge Lopez, former Brewer, who became an all-star yeah. closer. Um, yeah. And he went to Minnesota. So All-star were, because, because they had to have an all-star. Or, yeah, A, they had to have an all-star. B, like, Adley Rutschman, you know, hadn't done enough yet. I mean, Rutschman's going to be a perennial all-star um, for years to come. Like, dude's dude's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's the next Buster Posey. Yeah, but 100%. And no, yeah, probably, will play longer than, probably will play longer than 10 years. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do more things to preserve him. But, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. So, also, real quick, since we're talking about non-Wisconsin, we'll go after this. Sean Watson starting in the game against in week one of preseason. What an all-time <laughs> bad PR move by the Cleveland Browns. Like, just 
Like, do they, what is it? What, like, I, I just, can you, can you think for me, what good does that do for them? Like, it, I guess it gets some game reps, but like, I don't know. Do you really want that well, fucking attention? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you do. You're the Cleveland Browns, baby. Jeez. Fucking I, I mean, yeah. The thing that I've never heard Goodell come out that strong against a player. Um, than Watson. Like, that's quite the 180 from, like, the Ray Rice, Greg Hardy days. Um, yeah, saying I mean, it's predatory behavior. I mean, it is. He's not wrong, but that's it's hot seat for those who hate Goodell, and then they hear that type. and They also are like, Sean Watson should get the book thrown at him. It's like, yeah, they're in a real pickle there. Yeah, they All are. Right. All right, man. Well, that does it. It's been a long one. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this. I had fun. Um, we'll be back tomorrow for Daily Tap. We're going to do expectation meter. Um, fa- I wouldn't say a failed tap of the keg product, but it was one I thought about, and then I was like, I'll save it for Daily Tap. We'll talk a little Cheerio. We'll talk a little Packer defense. Um, we'll talk about a few other things. So, um, And uh, take care. Have a good rest of your week. And, uh, yeah, Mitch, we'll, uh, we'll see each other next week. Yes, sir. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Peace.